Yo, yo, yo. Hey, what up? This is this is what up time. This is big D time. This is the It's Not That Deep Bro podcast. This is It's Not That Deep Bro with Oland and Martin DeVerge. A.K.A. Bam. A.K.A. DeVerge. A.K.A. whatever you want to call me. I've got a brand new rap name. And that's Little Toilet. A.K.A. I'm sick of it. A.K.A. DePan. I'm sick of these so I'm going these by names. either Little Toilet. Leave the name to me, bro. Leaves the names to me. Little Splashback. <laughs> Leaves the names to me. Or Depan. And I'm only going to answer to them from now on. So, and that's on bullshit, because I'm just going to call him Ireland. And that's it. Martin, I've made the choice yeah. in this world. With my identity, I've made a definitive choice that that's what I want to label myself as. Little Toilet... Baby Splashback or Dupin. Yeah, but I get it. And that's a free choice that you can make. I can make the same choice to call you Oland. And that's what I'm going to be free to do. Oh, you don't want to answer to that. You're pulling the free speech. Like, if I can have my... Oh, I, exactly. I understand, I understand. Mm. Okay. So fuck you. With that in mind, okay. today we're going to be discussing the cult television show and series of movies, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. Which has been fairly unknown outside of the anime world up until recently when it was put on Netflix. For those of you who don't know what Neon Genesis Evangelion is, it's a Japanese television show that ran in the early 90s and it takes a fairly traditional anime idea of people getting inside big robots and fighting monsters and turns it on its head. That's a a general synopsis. And I've got our good friend Martin over there, who is an anime fan himself, aren't you? I am, yeah, big. You consider yourself well-versed? Well-versed, more like just a veteran. (laughs) Just... Watch a lot of different shit. A veteran of the field. Mm, a veteran of the right. genre. That's right. Um, but you... You wouldn't consider this a show that you... Like, it's not one of the big names of anime, is it? It's kind of considered the black sheep. It, it is, but, like... It's got a really big fan base. It's got a really big fan base. Um, I'm not s- such a fan, just because... Um, I'm not a fan of mecha, like the type, uh, the type of genre in in it. Which literally just means people getting inside large robots, robots and fighting monsters. That's like the equivalent of a sitcom in the anime world. Like all of the it, shows, it's it's Pacific Rim in anime. Yeah, Pacific Animated, Rim have ran yeah. with the concept, but it's very yeah. common, isn't it? It's like a a kind of Japanese television show, mm-hmm. a mech show. Mm. Um, and I'm not really big into it. I'm not going to lie. Was the first 10, 15 episodes was very boring. Very boring. So I'll give people a brief kind of run through of what it's about. It's set in Tokyo in the year 2015. And angels are attacking the world. And 
a kind of task force has been put together by the United Nations to solve this problem of angels coming and attacking the world. And they have formed a company called Nerve that make said mecha robots. And they are incredibly large human-esque robots that have limbs and eyes and features and stuff like that. And the pilot sits inside its head and controls it through you kind of plug into the robot's nervous system so to speak and then you control it and you see through its eyes and whatnot and again why it's called nerve uh, someone's been paying attention i know this shit i've never thought about shit. that before but um are you not no so the first episode you'll put in the shoes of young boy shinji akari who has not seen his father since he was a young, young boy, and he's being told that his father, who is part of this organisation... Since he lost his mum. Since he lost his mother, yes. She died at a young age. And the first episode presents us with Shinji being told that he's going to meet his dad again, and he can do something for his dad at Nerve. So it's him being picked up. And coincidentally, just as he's being picked up to be taken to his father, an angel... When I say an angel, this we're not talking biblical angels here. There's no uh, harps and there's no kind of uh, pearly gates and wings and stuff like that. This is a very um, this they're kind of very abstract things to be called angels. They're kind of monsters. The f- they which is not explained why they're called angels. We'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah, it's there's a lot of kind of Christian, judo, Christian themes flying around this show, and a lot of psychology as well that we'll get into a little bit later, but Shinji is told within the first 10 minutes of the first episode that he is to fight this incredibly large monster that he's just seen prior to being picked up. And he has to get inside this robot and fight it. And that is the general premise of the show. It's Shinji being told to save the world and get in a robot. And the show depicts Shinji's internal trauma with having the weight of the world on his shoulders and having to literally save the world by getting into a robot and fighting the angels. Mm -hmm. So... By the time, the way that the show works is that there's an original run. There's 26 original episodes that were broadcast in Japan in the early 90s. And then there's a film called The End of Evangelion. And that is considered the original run. There is other content and other movies and there's a manga comic book series but the original run is 26 episodes and the end of Evangelion. That's what Martin has watched, and that's what we'll be discussing in, in this episode. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go through Martin's experience with the first 15 episodes. Because as Martin just said, the first 15 episodes and the last, the latter half of the series and the film are two very different kettles of fish and that's because as the series goes on the first few episodes are very much a traditional mech kind of show it's very much monsters and robots and lots of action 
And as the show goes on, it becomes more psychological. We start to look into the trauma of the characters. So it's like... It's like watching an episode of, uh, like, a superhero film, but the cameras don't stop after they've saved the world, and you see him go home and, like, pour himself a glass of whiskey and start crying about the traumatic experience he's just had having to save the world. So... First ten episodes, Martin. Let's. Uh, what are your first impressions? Your thoughts going in? Slow. Slow. It's very slow. Just move, moves like a like a snail. I don't. I, I don't know why. It's just. It's. It's got that feeling like it's just dragging on. They just fight, keep fighting these these angels, and they just. Um, he keeps getting in the mech when he doesn't want to get in the mech. And he's crying about it. And I'm just like, like, pull yourself together. Like, you you either do it or you don't do it. There's, there's, no, there's no in between because it's you do it and everyone lives or you don't do it and everyone dies. So as we can see, there's two different mindsets of uh, that you can fall into when it comes to the main character Shinji a lot of people, you've got one side that empathise with Shinji and kind of see his plight and the emotional struggle of having to save the world and get in a robot no, I get, I and get then that. you've got Martin's camp who generally, well maybe Martin doesn't solidly fall into this camp but there certainly is a large amount of people that quite angry at Shinji and his incompetence you know much even this is represented in the show as we find by about episode 10 a character called Oscar is introduced who is a female pilot from Germany and she has a large discontent for Shinji she thinks he's pathetic she thinks he's always apologizing not um, not a real man. Exactly, yeah. He ke- and he, she keeps saying that. She always is like, oh, aren't you a man? Shouldn't you be doing this? Men should be doing this. All the time, like, so constant. You- now, I don't fall into so much into that category of, like, people, like, thinking that he's a little bitch. But, like, I also kind of sympathise with him where he has to, like, save the world. He's the only one that could do it. It Being in there hurts him when an angel hit hits the robot. It's like it's hitting him. So, obviously, for somebody who's 15 years old, that's very, very traumatic, and I get it. But he's also, like, like um, being quite, quite a baby about it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a, there's an element of some people in the show and some fans instantly just disregard Shinji and kind of say, pull yourself together, man. But then there's other characters in the show and that kind of empathise with his pain of having to do what he has to do, but at the same time kind of say, pull yourself together, man. Like you've There's not many people who can do, who can get in this robot and you can get in this robot, so you should, even though it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
that, as you can see, moves towards the more psychological aspects and Oscar telling him to be a man all the time ties into the relationship he has with his father. Now, we quickly learn in the first few episodes that the relationship he has with his father is not a positive one. Nope. And he, his dad is called Gendo, and Gendo is a very harsh, very resilient, but very cold man. He doesn't give Shinji the time of day as a son. He mm. sees him as a tool. Yeah. Or that is how it appears at the beginning of the series. Compared to how he treats Ray. Yeah, so Ray. Ray. As is... we as Shinji is brought to the place where the robot is in the first episode. He basically takes one look at the situation and the robot and says, there's no way I'm doing this. This is bang out of order. I'm a young boy. How am I? All the rational stuff you'd expect to hear. You know, I'm a young boy. How am I meant to pilot that robot? How am I meant to save the world? And his dad says, fine. Do away with him. We'll use Ray. And Ray seems to be a previous pilot of the robot. And she gets wheeled out. And she's on a hospital bed covered in bandages, bloody bandages. And you, you can see the toll that this has piloting these robots has on the pilots. And Shinji kind of instantly empathises with her position and says, right, I'll do it. And that is the clincher to him getting in the robot for the first time. Uh, Ray, whereas Oscar, the, the other pilot I previously mentioned, she's very fiery, she's quite opinionated, outspoken. Wants to be the best, wants to... Be the on top of everyone. Yeah, she's definitely got a bit of a power complex thing yeah. going on. Um, and she's never, nothing's ever good enough for her. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ray is incredibly, almost mother like. She's docile. Yeah, very, very docile. Very odd, mm. almost. That is one of the number one things that you'd say about Ray is that she has a spooky sort of vibe. Incidentally, one of the first things you see in the entire series is an empty street and then you see Shinji for the first time and he's looking over the street and Ray's just there before he's even met her and she's gone like instantly mm -hmm. like as soon as he sees her and there's a few times that that does happen in the series actually at the very very end actually you you see her again and that's like a nice bookend to the series but as we will get to there is certainly something about Ray that is otherworldly we'll say at this point so as the series moves on and the angels continue to attack, we Nerve continues to successfully defeat the angels. But at the cost of the mental health and well-being of every single pilot, of all the pilots, it, except for Ray. Ray seems to have an an almost slave-like obedience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To nerve and to pilot it. Like it it doesn't hurt like it only hurts her physically, but mentally it seems like she's a rock. Yeah, she doesn't waver nothing, yeah. On on the decision to get back in the robot. That's right. It's like she would sacrifice her life for the sake of destroying an angel. And there's a there's a few characters that you should probably know before you go in, there's the woman who initially picks Shinji up <clears throat> from his, his school. She's called Misato Katsuragi, and 
she works at Nerve, and she houses Shinji for this whole experience. And they live, her, Shinji, Oscar, and her penguin, Pen Pen, a hot water penguin, because the angels attacking Earth has an environmental effect on the whole world, and therefore there's uh, temperatures have risen, sea levels have risen. So why are these angels attacking? What's going on? <clears throat> Base, there's a something called the first impact, which is, to public knowledge, in the show, is a very... Second impact. You got my back. Yeah, it's the second impact. There's this thing called the second impact, which is a large explosion that happens in Antarctica in the year... 2000? Uh, Martin's good with the facts. 2001. He says 2001. I'm sure someone can correct us on that. But large explosion, and that triggers the angels appearing, basically. That is the beginning of this whole saga. Mm -hmm. The public of Tokyo and Japan and the whole world think that it was a natural phenomenon an explosion of some sort caused by some sort of natural force. Mm -hmm. Nerve, no. It was the original angel, the first angel. And that first angel was named Adam. Again, you can start to see the Christian judo themes coming in here. And Nerve as a company have managed to shrink Adam down to an embryotic size and keep him effectively uh, for some sort of to, to learn what he is to harness the power of an angel another life force an extra terrestrial being that has come from elsewhere you were right it is 2000 2000? yes yeah, 2000 oh, September 13th 2000 that's when the second impact happened carry on fantastic um so with that in mind, that gives you a little bit of backstory in how the angels came to be. There's, with this show, there's a lot of expanded information that sits outside of the actual television show itself that ends up being... It depends how, how much you rely on or how much you want to know of the story being filled in it in a real factual like this is where they came from and this is who they are sort of thing because by the time you get to the end of the show it all becomes a bit allegorical it's all a bit metaphorical a bit it's all is it in someone's head is it real that sort of thing and you the show is very grounded when it begins it's very much a typical sort of japanese television mm-hmm. show yeah and as the pilots egos and kind of once their egos get pushed to a certain level due to their encounters with the angels you see them go different through different phases of their ego being stripped down and there's these what i think makes evangelion different to maybe other animes that i've seen i know before if there's any anime listeners that are listening right now, and I'm anime fans, I'm very aware of Steen's Gate and Serial Experiment Lane, Steins Gate and Akira to a certain extent, Perfect mm-hmm. Blue. There's a lot of psychological 
anime shows out there. But yeah. Evangelion is... There's a few... The person who made Evangelion, Evangelion is called... I'm going to butcher this, but it's like Hadayeki Anno. And his story is that as a young man, he he produced a few Japanese television shows that were fairly typical in their scope. They didn't push too many boundaries, but after making four or five of these shows, he generally felt incredibly burnt out and cynical and disillusioned with the anime uh, anime community as a whole and the fans that, that surround it and whatnot. And in fact, I'm just going to give this a quick Google, but I can... Uh, there's a certain demographic of anime fans. There's different categories that you can put them into. An otaku. So an otaku is... This is a website, too. It is a website, but the definition of it here is an otaku is obsessive about a specific thing, and in the West it's associated with anime. So, in Japan, there's anime otaku, military otaku. So, basically, over here, that word has been... The meaning's been changed to mean it's just someone who's an obsessive, obsessive about something. Yeah. But Which in, means over here is about anime. So, if you're an otaku, you're obsessed about anime. Is that what I was trying to say? Yeah, let me just find a better otaku. Either way, um, the it does take a turn. I'm not gonna lie, it it just takes a turn to like not for the worse, but I won't either. I won't say for the better either. It just takes a turn more of. Like the story completely changes, like halfway through. Just obviously, they still find angels to get rid of all of them, but it just becomes more like towards finding out the secrets of what Nerve and the UN are keeping. Like the star is very, very much like Erlen says. Mecca where is you find monsters. You don't like you don't you don't know anything about the organizations in the anime apart from this organization was made to kill the angels. And then once you get halfway through you start more you start learning more about like what actual nerve does, what its end game is and why the UN are the UN on their side or are they just a means to an end yeah that's very true going back to the otaku thing so otaku is a Japanese term of a Japanese adult who generally lives with their parents is a shut-in and obsesses about a topic such as anime and the associated figurines video games posters, uh, just a completely obsessed fan where it, it borders on autism and it borders on kind of being like that obsessed with something. And the creator of this show is specifically speaking to that demographic of people in, and 
you might say, how, may you ask, is, is this show directed at those sort of people? And as Martin says, as the show goes on, it becomes apparent that there's a bit more going on with this angel situation and the, the robots. Let, let on, yeah. Yeah, than it originally is, is let on. You, you, you kind of... Because it, it comes with the territory, doesn't it? You know, Japanese television show, big robots, angels, that's all kind of bread and butter for Japanese television. But really, as the show goes on, you start to kind of uh, realise that the the characters start asking questions. Like, so what are the angels? And some, yeah. some of the characters are like, why would you even ask that? We just need to fight them. They're the enemy sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And you kind of find out that they are, for all extensive purposes, they are the gods of all the different civilizations that we talk about in our religions and stuff like that and um <clears throat> what is happening the nerve seem to be going off their plan seems to have come from the dead sea scrolls now if you don't know what the dead sea scrolls are they are an incredibly real collection of bible manuscripts that were found in the 1940s around the dead sea and there's a load of caves around the Dead Sea and two local men were throwing rocks around, so the story goes, and a, one of them missed each other and the rock, a rock went in a cave. You hear the smashing of glass and they're like, what was that? They go inside and there's all these big glass bottles full of some of the oldest Bible manuscripts of the, of the Torah that exist ever, the oldest ones. And... Also with these books were a load of other biblical books that the Catholic Church don't consider to be part of the Bible that they use. But once you start looking into things like this, you realise that there's hundreds of different Bibles and there's kind of, I don't know, probably a hundred books that are in all considered in the biblical realm and some, the Ethiopian Bible is different to the King James Bible and you get into that realm, but... Neon Genesis Evangelion has taken the idea of the Dead Sea Scrolls and there's a specific book that gets a lot of talk on the internet called The Book of Enoch that it's a story that takes place just before Noah's Ark in the Bible and it's about Noah's great-great-granddad called Enoch and he could... Um, if, you, if you read Genesis, it basically states after... Adam and Eve get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. They have two sons, Cain and Abel, and one of them kills the other one, and they get... Becomes the first murderer. Becomes the first murderer, and they get cast out into the land of Nod. And from that point on, the world seems to get a bit... Uh, a bit messed up. There's this word in the Bible that's hotly debated what it means. The word is Nephilim. In Hebrew, it translates to watchers... I believe in ancient Greek it translates to the word giants. <laughs> There's a, that's, Different meanings for one word. That's a whole kettle of fish, but it basically states that the world... Um, because there were giants on the planet, that's why the flood happens in Noah's story, to clean the world of these genetic monstrosities that have been formed. So how did these giants get here? Well, it, it basically says... It says this in the actual... You can go to your church and read the Bible and it will say that... Uh, this is when the sons of God came down and made consort with the daughters of men. 
Now that's a very dressed up way of saying angels came down and raped women. That's generally like the... <laughs> that's accepted to be what that meant means sort of thing. And then the women give birth to these genetic monstrosities that are half God, half man, and we, we'd call them giants sort of thing. And the idea is that God was rather unhappy with these angels' acts. So those angels were cast out of heaven. Um, the giants were washed away with a big flood. And Noah, it was Noah's job to then start the new world and pass all this information down through his, uh, through his bloodline. We're getting a bit off topic here. Yeah, but it all comes back round because... The Dead Sea Scrolls generally predict how the world's going to end. Um, and obviously angels getting cast down. A group of angels that are bad, mm -hmm. that have been cast down from heaven, well, now they're here to attack the earth. That is, There's a connection between the Book of Enoch and the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Evangelion thing. It's, it's, it's a rabbit hole certainly worth going down. Mm -hmm. But... Obviously, I, I as a person would like you've done a lot of research to like after watching this that yeah. would and I also read about this sort of stuff yeah like, separately yeah separately and you, you it's something that you do like in your own time like obviously when you told me to watch it I gave it like if I looked into it as much as you did mm. I would sort of like be oh well this this makes sense this yeah. makes sense it, like, yeah. I'm watching it, it makes sense oh I've read about this this is what that is blah 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 well, I'm I'm more of a I'm not I don't watch like I said before like I don't I didn't I wouldn't watch it if it didn't interest me yeah right so like you You've told me to watch it to see what I would think. Now, if I watch something and within the first five, maybe six to seven episodes doesn't catch on for me, I will st I will stop, and I'll ne I'll I'll probably not watch it again. But now, since you've like recommended it to me, so we can uh, sort of like discuss it. Um, I've watched it and it's just it's a mind fuck mm. I've pos possibilities like so, like so many different so much stuff goes on at the end and then the way he ends the anime and he doesn't like explain like a lot of the questions that I have for the anime kind of pisses me off. So you get what I'm saying? So for me, yeah. obviously the first time I watched Evangelion, I was in the exact same position as you. I had all these burning questions. To you, that's infuriating. Yeah. To me, that's like fucking so exciting. That's the beginning of the hunt. Like for the answers to the questions. I get it, but like if you okay, <laughs> let's say let's let's go back um to the 80s, yeah? Mm -hmm. You know that there was still TV in the 80s, right? There was definitely television in the 80s. You wouldn't be able to... There wasn't, like... The internet. Oh, you wouldn't be able to find... You would like... Yeah, yeah. Like, this... Like, 
if you saw a show like that in the 80s and you like it ended and there was literally nothing else after he ended it the way he ended it how he just said congratulations <laughs> to five five to ten people said congratulations to chinji and you it made zero sense to the story you would be like with that intent you'll be like what the fuck is this but that okay you wouldn't be able to ha like start the hunt because there's no internet, like. But that's one of the you're you're thinking short term, and I know this is a big investment. Like this is, I'm the crazy one here. But <laughs> to me, to a lot of years that we ha that we may have. Yeah, some stuff comes out. If something is hated by it its fans, I generally go sniffing around at it because it either means, on one hand, it could just be shit. Like a lot of some things are just shit. Like they're, not, they're just yeah. not good. Yeah. But then sometimes you get this thing that's like misunderstood because people were expecting one thing. It's like blindfolding someone, telling them they're about to drink milk and giving them lemon. I don't know if you've seen that. You, you throw up because your brain is set for milk. Like yeah. you're, You've set yourself for milk and you get lemon, which is very different to milk, and it causes your body to be like, what is that? And you, you puke. And that is basically what people do with things like this, Evangelion. They go in expecting one thing, they get another thing, and then it finishes and they're just like, well, I'm angry now. I didn't get that thing I wanted. <laughs> Not so much angry, it's just, like, weirded out and disappointed. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it like, uh, till, I, obviously, if, I, if you just watch the series, without watching the movie, which is called The End of Evangelion, you will 100% be disappointed in what you just watched. But it, this is why this conversation right here... Like, is... like you said to me before, that the, the, ma um, the maker of Evangelion mm. was not was not intending of releasing that film. No, well, he... There's a whole kind of thing. A lot of people think that they were running out of money. And that's why... Obviously, the end of Evangelion is like a big budget film. And those last mm -hmm. two episodes of the series are fairly low budget. They all happen in Shinji's head. There's mm -hmm. not many, like, big action shots. It's all... And people are like, oh, well, they just ran out of money, sort of thing. And like it, it, but I don't believe that to be true. And what I would say is, I care about every single bit of art. Now, when I say art, I'm sat in a room right now where there's like posters on the wall. All of them are art to me. All television is art, all music is art. <laughs> could get real philosophical about it every movement i see is an artistic expression you know mm -hmm. sort of that like down to the clothes that you want to wear and the way you decide to talk and the way you decide to walk i've realized that not everyone's like that yeah but what you can get out of evangelion even without the end of evangelion that ending so we're gonna hot spoilers here don't listen if you've not watched this but the last few episodes of the television show kind of 
I don't want to get too deep into spoilers here because I want this to be the sort of thing that gives you an idea of what the show is because it's it can be complicated going into the anime world because it's a foreign culture and there's lots of things that you have to kind of get your head around. Martin, you're fairly seasoned with anime, so like you can jump into this show and not have too much problem. But no, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, it it's just one of them because um, I, I one of my favorite things about anime is like when an anime has gone on for a long time mm. and has a lot of episodes. To me, that it just seems like oh, they put a lot of work into it. Let me watch it. I'll, I'll watch it just a lot like I'll just say one one uh, one of my favourites is called One Piece it's got like almost 900 episodes um, but like so like stuff like Evangelion where it's like 26 episodes it, it's a weekend watch yeah some people um, a friend of mine t- it took him a month to watch it and to me, I feel like you you lose information every episode if you watch it too long. If it takes too long for you to watch it, basically. So if you watch one a day, it's a lot of lost information. Yeah. What I would say about that, right, I'm just going to find... <laughs> in your head, like, lost information in your head. Like, obviously... You can go back and rewatch it, but then that would just take more time than if you just watched them all at once. So the first time I watched the end of Evangelion was February 2018. Last year. So like a year and a half ago, basically, at this point. You see, you see, I, I texted you, I was saying that the first time I watched, I started watching Evangelion, it was four years ago. <laughs> four, I've got a picture... Of it saying that I've I started four years ago and even then you finished it before me because I I knew like it was it, it was it was big like in the even in the anime community it was big before it ever came ever came to to Netflix because of where I've been like the forums I've been yeah, in for anime it is so a, I thought it's very well known. So I thought, okay, I'll give it a watch. And to me, four years ago, didn't hook me in mm. to watch it. And even now, when I watched it, I still didn't hook me in. But I, I obviously, you suggested it to me mm. so we could talk about it. And I'm like, I'll be fine. interested to see. I feel like Evangelion is something that has stayed with me. I want... Oh, I, after you watch the whole thing, you probably need <laughs> six months away from it. But I always find myself... And this happens with a lot of art. I first watched Twin Peaks in 2014 or something like that. And I was like, what is this? Like, I, I couldn't get my head around... Twin Peaks is David Lynch's television show, and it's kind of what made him famous. Like, he did it after a race ahead. Oh, okay. And, All right, Because yeah. um, I, I, obviously I've been told about it as well. And it's something that we'll probably be touching on bits of Twin Peaks. Yeah, but it, it's long, isn't it? It's a lot longer. It's three than, seasons. Yeah, it's a lot longer than Evangelion. So it's not. I think you'd. The third season came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> there was. There's a season that 
there's a 25-year gap between seasons two and three. Yeah, so... Think about that. It came out, I think it was last year, wasn't it? It was the year before last year, I'm sure. Called The Return. And with Twin Peaks, it took me at least two... I just forgot about Twin Peaks. I, I gave it a go, watched it. I watched seasons one and two and Firewalk with me. Yeah. And completely forgot about it for like two years. I didn't understand it, didn't get it. And, but there was just something niggling in the back of my brain mm-hmm. that said to me, there was nothing about that experience that was bad. Yeah. It was just my own understanding of it that stopped me from fully, in, fully enjoying it. Yeah. And I can't let that be, because that's on me. Yeah. You know, that's not the show being bad. Sometimes you watch something and you're like, no, I fully understand what's going on here. This is just dog shit. Yeah. But that wasn't the case with Twin Peaks. And it, the same thing happened with Evangelion. I watched it. I loved what I saw. I didn't understand any of it. I knew I had to understand what the hell was going on because I start questioning the people that make it. Like, no Why one. Why did he do it? Yeah, no one makes something on purpose to not, not make, make sense. sense. Sometimes people do that. Like, you, you, there's an artist, I'll have to play this album at some point, Martin, called uh, Captain Beefheart. And he made an album called Trout Mask Replica. <laughs> and it's bonkers. It's absolutely insane. It makes no sense. But he got everyone, Martin. He got musicians to learn nonsense. Like, there's no... It's not... It would be like... <laughs> like, it's crazy. That just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's bonkers. But he got a band to learn it and perform it live. So it, it almost becomes genius because it's... It's like when someone keeps saying something and it's funny the first time, then they keep saying it and it's not funny anymore. But if they keep saying it... It'll turn funny again. Then it becomes funny again. It's, it's the same with fashion. Like True. Fashion just... It'll, you'll be like, oh, this hat is really in fashion. Then two years later, nah, not in fashion. Two years later after that, in fashion again. Like it's Yeah, very much, yeah. It, it's it, how... It, I, I feel like that's... Just a human fault right there. Like, people just... I'm not urinating, if anyone was wondering. I'm just transferring water from one bottle to another. Why? Um, because this is kind of my go-to bottle, and this is just a, a rogue bottle of water. <laughs> so I'd like to transfer this rogue water to my main bottle. So it, it... Anyway, <laughs> back on topic. It's just a human fault to be like, oh... Well, I ain't gonna like it. I'm gonna like it, then I'm not gonna like it, but then I'm gonna like it again. I feel like it's just people going, oh, um, well, since everyone likes it, I don't like it anymore. Mm. Oh, no one likes it now. Oh, I'm gonna like it now. Yeah, I'd, I'd, that's how I explain my relationship with Evangelion the first time I watched it. Whilst I was really? watching it, first 10 episodes, it's like, I don't hate this. Um, I kind of like what I'm seeing. And I don't hate it, but I wouldn't rewatch it. I liked it ever. enough to to watch it to the end. I got to the end and I was like, "What was that? Like, what was that?" Yes, so was I. But then that's my hate phase. I probably went a year where I didn't watch it and I just kind of had it in my head, like, "What was that thing? It's like a dream. It's like a fucking cr- a crazy dream." And you're like, "What was that? I better go back and have a look." 
Like, I better go back and just work out what's that, that what's about. Because it's on me. It's my misunderstanding. That person didn't make it to not make sense. <laughs> I get it, but like it's funny that you say you mentioned that, yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot of things in movies, you know, when a lot of stereotype with black people when they're like in a movie that they're like, oh, if they hear something, they're straight away out the door. They ain't gonna go go look, except for that <laughs> white person who'll be like, "What was that? You're talking, I need to go back and see." You're get t- stabbed. You're talking about the like the get out trope, like the character in Get Out. If you, you remember that, there's the friend in Get Out who he keeps ringing him. Get Out is a film about a black person going to his white girlfriend's house and finding out that there's a sinister agenda against the black race when he gets there. But he's, he's corresponding with his friend throughout the film and his friend's like, what are you doing? Get out the house. Like, he, like exactly. Yeah. He, like, he well, knows from day I, one. He knows that there's some <laughs> shady stuff going on there. And like, he's still like looking, but I'm not, I'm not even talking about that. That's, that's from that movie. And that's recent. Like, it's been years and there's always that stereotype that black people will always be the first ones out because they've seen movies that the black person always dies first. <laughs> That's why I always like when you see a film and if the guy, black guy dies first, in real life, black people are, are thinking, well, I hear a noise. I'm not going to go check it out. If it was a white person, they'd be like, oh, let me... Let me go check that out. Bam, stop. Have you seen Scary Movie, the first one? You would have to... Like, I've seen it, but a long it's been time a ago. long time. Yeah, that, a very long time. That one's t- um, taking the mick out of the Scream series. You know, the Scream with the yeah, long yeah, white yeah, mask yeah. and shit yeah. like that. And the first person gets stabbed at the beginning of the film and there's all these, like, news vans outside of the school. Yeah. like, And one of them on the side, I can't remember it, Exactly, but it says, like, black news on it or something like that. And it shows you all these white news reporters doing their thing and it just cuts to the black van and they're like, white people in trouble, black people get the fuck out of here. And then they all drive. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's one of them things where you're, as soon as you mention that, you're like, what is that? Like, I need to go back. In my brain, I would think, oh, shit, I didn't understand that. Let me go back. (laughs) In your brain, it's like, I didn't understand that. Let me go back. That's a funny way of looking at it. So I (laughs) I just, as soon as you said that, I just, it came to my mind. I was like, I wouldn't wouldn't go back if I didn't understand it. Because if you're making it so people have to do research to understand something that you're putting out there, to me, Mm. that seems like, a lot more work. To me, yeah, well, it is. And to me, it's fine. You can, like, say... You can say, I don't understand this film. You can't say, this film's shit. No, 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 I'm not... I yeah, not, not you specifically, but I I'll just, just mean, say I'll say it's boring to yeah, me. Yeah, to you. So, that's something that I think people need to think about hard. Because that there's certain films out there, and that's the whole reason this podcast exists, mm-hmm. to just point out that you can understand these films if you want to 
Like yeah. the the information is out there. The creators. Like you might see one interview with a, f a film director where he's being all coy about like the the meaning of his film because he doesn't filmmakers don't just want to give you the answer the tada yeah yeah sort like of they, thing it's it, like it's the same it, like film producers are like basically like teachers they want to teach you well they want to take you through a journey yeah and what they, they want to like be able to be like teach you something outside of the perspective of that film. So then you can be like, oh, well, I can relate to that. Mm, and I can learn from it. I can and learn I can from it, yeah. Become instead a better... Of, instead of uh, me going through that sort of situation myself, I can see this film and it can help me move on with... Maybe the, problems you're going yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. My life, uh, your life or they anything. I saw an interesting... Um, an interesting article that was talking about a study that said that the human brain responds to television shows and movies, the characters that are in them, like they're friends. Like the brain yeah. recognises them as like people that you like mm -hmm. sort of thing. So if you're someone that just... I've, <laughs> I've watched The Office probably more times than I'd like to say all the way through. Mm -hmm. Now... If you wrote that down on paper, like the office is like, I don't know, each season has like 20 episodes and they're 10 min uh, 20 minutes long each. So that's like 400 minutes a season, 400 times. There's nine seasons of the office. Fucking, that's nearly 4,000 minutes of my life gone that I've committed to these, this group of people. Mm -hmm. So I've got, a, I've got a question in my head why why do i have such an affiliation with anything that i watch on mass what do i enjoy about this product that makes me identify with it so much because in understanding why you identify with something you can then distance yourself like i don't i love the office and i'll probably watch it another 10 times i just don't have the time because like there's a time limit on this life and like we die, yeah, I get sort of it. thing. I, I'd love to watch. You ain't talking to a baby. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like that. It. I need to work out why I like things so I can not like them anymore. <laughs> basically, but yeah, like there's some things that you you can just like and don't have to certainly like understand why you like that. Like you can just be like, I like this. This is a good bit of art, and I will keep it so I like it. I won't. There's there, there there isn't something in your brain telling you you need to find out what you like about this, so then you can not like it and move on. Because that you can just leave it as it is. Just like artists that draw, they you can have a painting. Um, or you, they, they can paint you something and you'll have it. And you'll be like, I like this. But you will look at it and be like, why do I like it? And then as soon as you understand why you like it, throw it away. It's not as quick as that. And it's not as blunt as that. And there's certainly... Uh, there's certainly things... Uh, there's certainly bits of art that I don't... I don't mind two and a half men. Like, I can watch a few episodes of Two and a Half Men. It doesn't offend me that much. 
it, it probably should, but it doesn't offend me that much. It, it's just easy. It's easy watching. I don't really have to go into it that deeply. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. just it's easy like that. But something, something that takes up a lot of my time and I seem to just have a connection with, like Twin Peaks. I, as I said, I didn't watch Twin Peaks for like two years. Mm-hmm. It was just in my brain, like niggling away at me. I didn't like ask for that to be there, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like it, it was just a want to understand. Yeah, because like yeah, because it makes me feel dumb. Yeah, because there's a there's a lot that that is something that a smart person would say. Like, careful. <laughs> I'm cut. I'm, I'm I'm saying you're smart because I'm like you. It niggles at you in your brain, like, I need to understand it. That's like if you're reading uh, a science book mm. and it's telling you all these fucking equations and, like, different formulas and stuff, and you're like, I don't understand it. I need to understand it. It and does, you always, yeah. You, like, that so pisses you me that. off, huh? like, legit, that the site... If, if you were to put all of my grades that I got in school down on paper, I wasn't very good at science. But I have that same thing that I have for, Hev- have for Evangelion. Like, it does annoy me that there's science out there that I don't understand. It an- yeah. It annoys yeah. me that there's stuff out there that I don't understand. But to, like, to me, like, I, I don't have that niggling feeling where, like, I don't understand something. I need to look, look it up and understand it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people like me that don't necessarily go, oh, I like this, but I don't understand it, so I'm going to look it mm. up. Like Some you. people, like... You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, 100%. My mother, for example, she she is the epitome of just liking something because cause that's how she feels. Yeah. Like, looking at a clear blue sky on a sunny day sort of thing like that yeah. doesn't need... There's a whole lot of shit that has to go down for us to look at the sun and stuff like that. A lot of crazy science stuff, but no. It's just beautiful the way mm-hmm. it is, sort of thing. And I can appreciate that, and there's something very... very peaceful, and... It t- it removes the control element. Like, I very much need to control my understanding. It's a want for control of understanding, I guess, if I had to break it down. And it's like your want for knowledge... You're look like you're. All you're looking for is more information. More information. Yeah, there is like that, constantly looking for information. They say information be, is power, Martin. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you, it's like your brain. Your brain's a computer, and it just wants to keep storing knowledge and knowledge and knowledge. And I get that, mm. and I, like that's something like I said, a smart person would do. Yeah, I'm I, not saying everyone else is dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's or, not even... I, I don't like the word knowledge, really. Truth is what I want. I just want the truth of every situation. Mm-hmm. That is... Not saying, like, everyone that doesn't think that way is dumb. Because I don't think that way. No. I wouldn't call myself dumb. No, but I would say I would say, like, everyone else just lets it be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've got different stuff that they might want to worry about than knowing what when they like something why they like it do you get what mm. i'm saying certainly like, yeah that that is 
people have stuff to do. People have mm-hmm. lives, and as I said a second ago, you know, like there's a timeline on this shit. We die, so mm-hmm. you probably have to choose what you're doing selectively and make the right choices to not waste time. Mm-hmm. And from a young age, you know, my mum used to have to like limit my time on video games consoles because I wanted to play sort mm-hmm. of thing and stuff like that. And uh, I understand. I guess I have a large appetite for a large capacity for things. Like I could, if if I was an, a drinker, I could drink incredibly heavily, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And if you put your mind to it, you could do a lot. You could do a lot of things. Yeah, I'd like to try and aim that. It's like a beam a, a, a coming out of me, and I want to try and aim that beam on productive things, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And. I find that it, it becomes in handy when I read books and when I'm researching stuff like that. It's like... But if you if you became, as you said earlier, a kind of a, an otaku who would, like, focus on one subject, mm. right? Because right now you're focusing on a lot of different stuff. You, you could say I'm an otaku for truth. <laughs> true, but, like... The truth about everything, you can't, like, you would literally have to search everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there's a lot of stuff, a lot of new stuff coming in, a lot of old stuff that you need to find out about. Like, and there's not enough time that you have in your life to search everything. No. You I, get what I'm saying? Yeah, very much so. So, so like, if you became an otaku for, like, science, mm. let's say, you would you you would manage your time a lot better than researching everything cuz right like you don't know a lot of things so now you're like well that annoys me so i need to know mm. and then you go into into a book that you're reading and then you you um okay let's say you want to know uh, why there's th- different types of clouds, mm. right? Now, I know where you're going with this. No, 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 no I don't think you do. <laughs> them like col- you, them re- Columbus clouds. No, 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 no. You research all you can about clouds, right? Mm. You, you, you read books about it, but then as soon as you start reading books, there's different words. There's different, like, completely. Like, it's like a different language to you. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, well, why don't I understand this? So you go on to your next, you go on to that Ooh, next thing. It can be a spiraling rabbit hole. Exactly. You just keep going, you just keep. And you can do all that reading and spend your whole life and never look up and never see a cloud. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I get you're, that. You're, you're literally spiraling out of control, going down, 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 instead of focusing on the main thing you wanted to focus on. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if you wanted to, if you wanted to go out there and make something big and research it and make sure you have everything correct, you can, but there's a lot of wasted time in, in the little things. Yeah, I feel like you... Once you start wanting to understand everything, 
it all becomes very methodical, your thinking and doing things. So I might want to, for example, do a podcast like this. Mm -hmm. But then you've kind of got to sit and think to yourself, so what? why am I doing this? What's the point of me doing it? I'm not going to do this if it's something I don't care about. I'm not going to do this if it's something I don't feel the listener would want to hear. Mm. I'd, like I'd want... We're getting better. It's only episode two. But I like to feel by the time we get the ball rolling here, we'll be churning out content that I'd like to hear, sort of thing. Cl- yeah. Clarification. I'd like to speed... As I said before, I've wasted... Not wasted time, but I have seen the lengthy process that... If you have intrigue like myself and want to know the answers to these things and maybe are feeling frustrated about certain films and stuff like that and maybe feel like they're bad and you don't understand them, then yeah, you can spend a lot of time like researching it and justifying your position on it. But I'd like to speed that process up by maybe giving some information that I've compiled to the the viewer before they go into a film. I get, and then, then they don't then, have to spend, then they don't have to watch it four times, read five books and spend 20 hours on the internet. That's why we did this podcast. Exactly. We can try and condense the shit down and we will come back to Evangelion at some point, but it is, but to be fair, this like, conversation's important surrounding Evangelion to be fair, because the end result of Evangelion is, the last two episodes take place inside Shinji's head and you basically find out that for all extensive purposes the world's ending. And the ending is incredibly famous in the anime community because simply all the characters turn up. The last two episodes take place entirely inside Shinji's head. Um, and he has all... Uh, a conflict with himself, so to speak, about wanting to get inside the robot. And at this point, by the time you're at the last few episodes, it's not about actually getting in a robot anymore. The robot is a metaphor for life, and getting in it is a metaphor for engaging in life. Like, you can either sit around and moan about your situation for your whole life and play the victim and feel, pity me, pity me, or you can... Even though interaction with humans is generally uncomfortable, it's worth trying. That is the main message of Evangelion. Mm -hmm. Now, I suppose I have some bias towards that because I I feel like I've been on like a a mental journey of sorts, like a a mental transformation and stuff like that. And to hear those words at that time in my life, yeah, it meant a big deal to hear kind of... Get your shit together. It is get out there. It is get your shit together, and it's also human interaction is hard. It is like I very much value the people that I can interact with on a comfortable basis because people are very quick to judge and quick to make assumptions about you, and it's all time. It, It people always say I've not got time. I don't have time to. If someone is a bit of a tricky character to pin down you can't make heads or tails of them people will just write you off 
Because yeah. I, I don't have time to suss that person out. Yeah, sort that's of right. Thing. Yeah. He's a comp- and it's too complex for me, so I just leave him behind. That's the it, that's it. Took a lot of time for me as a person to like, because you, you might be like you. You know me quite well now. We've known each other for a few years. Yeah. And you might not think this, but when I was a child, I was quite shy. And you may, like, you may think, oh, how I am as a person and how you met me, be like, oh, that can't be true. But I was, like, very, very shy. Yeah, I can see it. Very, very shy. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do, like, anything that, would take me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Right? So, as soon as I moved to England, that all changed. That all completely changed because I stayed in a house for two years without leaving the door. At all. That is is otaku. Because (laughs) I didn't, literally, yeah, because I I didn't know English. I didn't know anyone mm. and I didn't want to go outside out of my comfort zone to socialise. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uncomfortable communicating with humans anyway, as we just said, and without the language, I can imagine it's crazy. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I, once I came, once I came here and I stood, I stayed at home for like two years. After that, all I wanted to do was interact with everyone. Mm. And for years, and even now, all I do is, all I still want to do is interact with every single person that is in the room I am in. Yeah, no matter who it is. You are a social chameleon, Martin. I can. You're good because you're inherently the same with every single... Every where, wherever you are. You, you can meet the queen and... I'll Lizzie, the... make me some food! <laughs> yeah, like, I'll still be the same. Like, I, I just... I've learned that going through life being different with with different people can get you in trouble. In in not not in a sense of like oh you're gonna go to jail or I'm gonna tell your mom or no, mm. no more like with how if you have a friend. And you treat them differently to how you would treat other friends. They might not want to be your friend. Mm. They might want to be like, well, why do you treat that person differently when you're around? Why do you act differently when you're around them than when you're with me? I like the way you act around them. Mm. Or vice versa. Like, yeah. they could be like, oh, and I then like the way you like. You've got different masks for different people and all of a sudden, and then all, all of a sudden, all the people you know are in a room together and you're like, shit, exactly. i got to wear nine masks. Exactly. <laughs> so I just, I, I, I always thought to myself, like, fuck it. Like, the same person sounds good to me. Like, I know I have a friend that is completely different to, like, has so many different masks when it comes to... Mm. To um, to women, so like, and obviously, he can just be like, "Oh well, I'm not gonna talk to that person ever again." I wouldn't be able to do that. I just, I can't have put myself through that, having to talk to that person for a long period of time mm. to be like, 
well, I never want to talk to you again. It would take a lot of like, a lot of that person doing for me to be like, I don't want to speak to you again. Like yeah. it would have to be like, they came to my house and destroyed all my personal belongings. Like, wow. for no reason. You get what I'm saying? See, like, I'm, I feel like I'm quite um, sensitive to others' needs. Mm-hmm. And that is a dangerous tightrope walk of trying to like, yeah, trying to be accommodating to people yeah. that are in your space, but not compromising your own morals and beliefs to act like someone else that you're not. I'm a good judge. Like, I'm a good judge of character, right? Like I can, I'll talk to like I'll talk to to people, and I can sort of get their vibe, right? Yeah, but I feel like. There's certain people that you can sort of accommodate to their needs and certain people that you need to let them get on with themselves. Still being their friend, still being someone that you uh, talk to, Mm. but at the end of the day, they need to be able to be like, well, I need to sort myself out. Yeah, I mean, very much. It's like... It's like when you're in school and like you sit next, you have a lesson with someone that you sit next to and it's just, it's fucking hilarious. Like you have a great time with them. Mm -hmm. You just never get any work done. Like it's the funniest lesson and you look forward to it. Like you're like, oh, I've got maths with fucking Joe next and that's going to be hilarious. Yeah. But you don't, you don't do any work. You come out shit at maths. Yeah. So it, boundaries with people and just, it's difficult. I, this is, yeah, I find it difficult dealing with people, and it might be like my fault. Like I, I'm the one that's instigating the unproductive behaviour. But that I need to like gain some awareness about that, and like put myself into situations, apply myself liberally into situations, like a an artist with a brush, not just fucking launch myself into situations. Do a f- massive belly flop off the diving board into the pool and be like here I am like it's more of a working yourself out but there's there's work and play like there's you you gotta have like so with the school thing like you would although maths would be really fun with Joe because Joe makes it funny at the end of the day, you know you're there to learn maths. Yeah. You get what I mean? Like, that that other person may not want to learn maths, or maybe they're hiding something that, um, that when you're there, it makes them forget about it. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Like, they could be going through something that they don't want to think about, but yeah. when they're in that lesson with you, and you're making jokes... Mm. Or you're doing something that's funny, it's making him or her forget about about the pain. Yeah, about so the pain. they want to continue on with that. They want to continue. Thing. That's why they become. That's why teachers say like they, there's people that are destructive. You get what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah. They're not there's not so much destructive. They just don't want to feel that pain. They mm. don't want to feel that. And that's a very good point with. 
I'd say if there was something tangible that I have taken away from Neon Genesis Evangelion, and hearing it out loud like this make you might be like, oh, I already know that, or well, great, I've learned that, now I don't have to watch the show. Like, if Japanese anime just isn't your pot sort of thing and it would be too difficult for you to get into, then just empathise with other people and walk a mile in your shoes. That requires somewhat of an imagination. So if you're... You don't have an imag a very strong imagination like that, it's going to be difficult to put yourself in someone else's position, but... I think it's one of the biggest things that we can do towards moving towards a world where we all get along with one another. Really start putting yourself... That's like... People find it incredibly hard to identify with, like, say, ISIS. Like, they're like faceless drones. Like, you'd never... You don't consider, like, terrorists to have family and stuff like that. You just don't think about... Not that... Not that I'm saying you should empathise with terrorists, but what I'm saying is everyone... You should not empathise with terrorists. No, definitely not. <laughs> but I'm saying that we... We treat our neighbours like fucking ISIS. Like, we, we don't want to empathise with, like, walking through the street. You know, it's a head-down situation for a lot of people. Like, I'm going to my destination and, like... I don't care about anyone else in front of me. It might be I don't care, or it might be like I'm scared of, you know, knife crime or whatever. There's a lot of, like, things to be worried about, like, walking through town. I understand that. But despite all of that, I try and walk down the street with a spring in my step and a smile on my face, and I try and radiate a good... Good vibe. A good vibe. So, you know, it's like when a dog comes over to you. I feel like if you're, like, scared or if you're angry, if you're not positive, that dog's going to, like, know. And that's how you get bit, sort you think of thing. So? Yeah, but if you a dog runs over to you and you're like, you know, positive, and you you give it a nice shake and stuff like that, he's like, oh, this dude's no harm, sort of thing. And mm -hmm. I know that is all a bit hippie, and it, it doesn't always work in practice. But empathizing with others, taking care of yourself, respecting your boundaries—this is all like basic mental health stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's all a bit, like, drab when you hear it said one after the other. It's the sort of thing that you hear on, like, the radio or you, I don't know, you hear it, uh, some sort of mental health seminar or something like that. But it, it's golden advice. Respect yourself, respect your own boundaries, take care of yourself mentally and empathise with others. Sometimes people are cunts. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. And that does happen. Yeah. And that... <laughs> they have stuff to work out and learn, mm -hmm. those people. And But as long as you're... You're not that person, you're... Do you're what you love and do it honestly. Mm -hmm. And try and do, like, everything honestly. Um, stop trying to scheme and stuff like that. But... If I would watch Neon Genesis Evangelion, if either on one hand, if you wanted to be the most most frustrated you've ever been at a piece of media, or if you want to move yourself towards being a brighter, 
more empathetic human being. I think you can get either one of that. You can either come out and be like, well, that was an acid trip and a half. Or you can, you know, I'd say the same thing about acid, that you can become a brighter person through insights like that. It Sometimes what you need might not always be what you want. And that is something as well that I... I think is a uh, great advice. Some like don't just because you don't want something in life, or like you're like I don't like this immediately, doesn't mean that there's not value in that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the same thinking as like writing off all ugly people or judging a book by its cover. That is Shrek, the tale, <laughs> basically, yeah. and you, you shouldn't. I shouldn't do that, and I'm, I'm incredibly grateful, Martin. That you know you, you've taken what, twenty minutes times, twenty six. Yeah, with the movie, it'll be like thirty. It's, oh, do some math for me, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, twenty minutes, twenty six times, that would be. It's 520 hours. hours. 520 hours? Yeah. 520 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be able... No, it won't be that. It is. It's Wait. 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah that'll be 520 minutes plus 90 minutes, so it'll be 610 minutes. Yeah, 610 minutes. So, yeah, I appreciate you putting 10 hours of your life into, uh, into this. And I hope with my, my commentary you can kind of understand why it is... So yeah, no, I I get it. Like I, I sort of want to see abstract stuff, and I will like if you recommend it and we talk mm. about it, because I don't want to see something that's abstract and then I'm like, what the fuck. Mm. But as 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 if we can sort of like have a conversation about it and you can sort of explain what I've gone through and what have you gone through mm. and how how would it be explained fair enough I'll do it no matter what like it's it's just an experience and everything that you do in life is an experience you know what I mean like you uh, working like starting a new job you know that that will be a new experience it's what you make of it yeah it's what you make of it it's up to you it's in your head. The whole thing is in your head. And you have... You can either engage with situations and experiences that you're thrown at. Or you can just be cynical about fucking everything. Yeah. Some people are, like, cynical about, like, all aspects about their life. Apart from, like, one thing. Mm -hmm. Like beer. Or something. You know, at the end of the day, they get that cold, frosty beer. And that makes it all better. Everything else is a load of shit sort of thing. And, and that it scares the crap out of me that there's people out there living like that. I think it, it's great that you're open to wanting to understand of these course, yeah. things. But on that note, that has been... It's been your boy, mine, aka Bam, aka... The Verge. Are we wrapping up? We're wrapping up, bro. You got some, some sort of time constraints. 
Kinda. Um, to be fair, it's ten past eleven. Yeah. And if you watched Evangelion, and you're frustrated, and you're still frustrated right now, I would recommend looking into the Dead Sea Scrolls that I was talking about. Look into something called Kabbalah. K-A-B-B-L-A-A-H. That is mystical Jewish idea that highly relates into what's going on in Evangelion um, I'd also have a gander at the beliefs of a group called the Theosophical Society those three rabbit holes right there will lead you down a, an even you, bigger cave yeah into an holes. even bigger fucking abyss of Information. Of information. This or show... as you say, truth. <laughs> well, you know, some of it's not true. <laughs> you know, it, there's very little truth in this world. <laughs> but my, my main point about this show is that it's an incredibly layered analysis of how we consume media and how we engage with one another. And... In if you know everyone loves a bargain in terms of value for money, I'm getting my money's worth out of this bloody uh, franchise right here. I've uh, I'm I'm wringing it dry of everything that it can give me, and I can't see the bottom of the pail of the barrel yet. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's still a whole lot more. There's a whole series of films after the original run called the Rebuilds that are a reimagining of the series, and they're currently happening. The new one comes out next year. So this is an ongoing process. We're still in the Evangelion process, and I'm. I will probably, honestly, I'll probably watch all the rebuilds, then the next one, and then we could sort of have like a follow up to this episode. Yeah, so part two to this, and see where like see what happens like next. Mm. And because as you were telling me, and I know you've been telling me about how. the rebuilds are not like all the all the episodes but more like newer different ways they could they could have got I don't want to touch on it too much but the remakes are the creator Anno the remakes are Anno responding to how the first run was received he's always talking to you as a viewer Anno, Anno. like some you can watch an episode of the Big Bang Theory and you're not really being spoken to. That show's on, like, autopilot. Mm-hmm. But at all times, there's certain people out there in this world, be it Stan, Mr. Stanley Kubrick, Mr. David Lynch, Anno, there's quite a few of them that are meticulously constructing a message for you to digest. As a viewer. Yeah. yeah, and you can choose to listen to that or you can choose to not listen to that. But it's there. And I can, I can... I can, so yeah. The rebuilds are him responding to the fan base's response to Evangelion and the franchise. So if you, you, I'd recommend diving into that after you finish Evangelion. I can certifiedly say 
if that's a word. I can 100% <laughs> with confidence say that Evangelion is a well-constructed work of art and there is a whole lot of intent and message and layering and symbology to be taken from it. And if you've got the time, I highly recommend lifting up that particular rock. There's a lot of creepy crawlies to be found. Yeah. So this is episode three. Wrong. This is episode two. Um, the should be three. Yeah, we've we're just still working out our setup here. Uh, it's not that deep, as you can see. The camera's gone for this episode, so uh, we're not going to bring that back until we can one we can have something that runs throughout the entire episode in a nice high quality so um and multiple angles and stuff like that so maybe for the next one two three episodes it will just be audio this will be available on spotify and the apple store and the rest of it thank you very much for joining us i'm not sure what our next episode will be on i'm sure that will be announced in due time but I have a eyes wide shut eyes, it's either going to be eyes wide shut by Mr. Stanley Kubrick or it's going to be the Matrix uh, one of the other thank you to everyone on Reddit who responded to my question regarding which films we should do in the future I've got a large list compiled of those and Martin will uh, have, thank you guys yes. I appreciate it I got a lot of things to watch now. Yeah, his year's booked up now. I'm, yeah. Maybe next year too. Um, be interesting to see how the experience changes you, Martin. You know, this time next year, you'll be a well-educated man in the film world. I mean, I feel like I already am. <laughs> or maybe one time I'll watch Pacific Rim. It's a good film. I don't understand, Martin. Like... Pacific Rim is in like this is just an end note here. Pacific Rim is inherently based on Evangelion. You understand that, like you understand that Pacific Rim is about large robots that people have to get into. True, <laughs> but like that's just that's just saying Mecca. Like it's not it's not saying Evangelion as a whole. It's just saying I just Mecca. see a lot of chat about Pacific Rim and Evangelion. It's not something that I've. I've dived into, but there's something about it. It makes me laugh that Pacific. Well, I don't know anymore, but at one time in your life, you quoted to me that Evang uh, Pacific Rim was your favorite film. It's not anymore. Man. But yeah, at one point that was the case, and then you're like, I don't understand. <laughs> Evangelion, like first ten episodes, didn't really connect with me. I was like, well, that's just mech shit, just like Pacific Rim. Like, what's the difference? Like that. <laughs> But Pacific Rim was made from a Western standpoint, whereas Evangelion was made from obviously the Eastern Japanese standpoint. There's yeah, because there's a diff there's a difference in in one's animated and one isn't. Like mm. you make a difference. You you separate. I just see it all as art. Yeah, like, that yeah. one's hand drawn. So like to me, to me, like if you were to put a character. In something that you're animating, yeah, mm -hmm. to put in a mech suit. Why don't you, like to give them a certain like 
ability to do something, why can't it be made into sort of like it just being that person and not would like take the robot out of the the well, sort of you think because it's an animation, why do normal laws of physics and reason have to apply? Yeah. Like they're, they're, you, but they're, you can say the same with CGI. That, yeah, but like, that, yeah, okay. But like, you you couldn't really, like, okay, so like when, let's say Pacific Rim, right? Mm-hmm. It, you couldn't really like put something, like give someone a certain power from it being like, um, what the film you're talking about is King Kong. You realize that, like a big. Mean? He's just a big dude. Like he's got no power. He's not a robot. He's just a big blo- like a big monkey. Yeah. Well, that's what you're talking about. A film where like someone just has. You're like, why does a robot need to be there? Because if a film, a film has to show that our world that we know, mm-hmm. and then go somewhere crazy. If the film just starts and craziness is happening, you're just like. I can't no, re- no, 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 no. I can't I, relate. That's what I mean. This. That's what I get. Like, there's a you can see that in Evangelion, right? Hmm. They test and do loads of shit, and then so they tease did, you like it's we, a mech show. Yeah, like you know that something that we didn't talk about is that the persona, there's a soul in the mech that it's. I didn't want to ruin it too much for people that didn't know. <laughs> On the last. Last minute of the show, Martin managed to <laughs> blow the whole thing wide open. Anyway, <laughs> you can edit that anyway. Yeah. Um, you like you can see that in Evangelion. There's like they do a test mm. with Adam. Yeah. Right. They could have done a test where something crazy happened that you can inject a person with the, his sort of gene and he becomes that sort of. Godlike, no, he becomes that big, huh? Not, not that big, no, just like that yeah. godlike being. I rate, like, I, 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 don't, I, I wasn't, mind it. I wasn't really saying. aware of the mech genre when I first watched Evangelion. I was just like, no, yeah, in, yeah, in exactly, my head, yeah. I said to myself, well, that probably is what would go down if that did happen. Like, if shit started coming from outer space and attacking us, yeah. It probably makes sense that we build some sort of robot. Massive robots. Yeah, yeah, like that. So that that's where Pacific Rim, like that's where Pacific Rim comes in. Like that's more realistic, as in the way that one's animation. Yeah, but one's actual realistic, where you see that person. If you saw him through CGI, you could see this through the CGI. <laughs> see, I just it doesn't. There's no difference to me. Obviously, there is a difference when I'm watching it because it looks different. But in terms of how I digest it, yeah. film, television, it's all the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's all you put it all in Pacific Rim and Evangelion are on the same like plinth to me, yeah, sort of thing. And they obviously I see it differently, mm. and that that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yeah, to yeah, discuss, definitely. You know what I mean? Like it's di- to me, I feel like Pacific Rim is a lot different than uh, Evangelion. There's, you can you can see right that in Evangelion there's a story behind everything that has like conspired and like sometimes it doesn't like get really explained 
some of the stuff and you're like, mm. oh shit, I need to look this up. Once you see Pacific Rim, everything is said and is explained in that film. Yeah. Everything. Like, there's no, like, hidden message through it. Do you get what I mean? Like, I'll, watch, that, I'll watch Pacific Rim. And it's like, there's <laughs> and two now. I'll bring you a hidden me. <laughs> and there's two now. I would be very interested. I've not done this, but I, I wonder if there's any connection between the two shows, like the two, I wonder if the maker of Pacific Rim has ever like spoken about Evangelion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or referenced it or something like that. I'll, I'll probably have a look at that tonight. He might, he, he might reference a, uh, an anime though, but like, it might not be Evangelion. It might be a different mecha anime. Do you get what True. I mean? True. But it I know, like, Gundam or... like, um, when he, um, when Netflix, released Evangelion a couple of months ago like Elon Musk dropped an Evangelion tweet now he fucks around with like rockets and like he's actually Mm -hmm. building stuff that's on that kind of scale Mm -hmm. and it's like oh my god he's watched that show like he knows all that shit we were just talking about that's like in his head (laughs) yeah but like okay in his head but then it can also be that there's different types of anime that he's watched that I would be like oh you need to watch this. But then you'll be like, well, if... that uh, That's another reason why I've, like, I get attracted to things. Because when I see other people talking about them, mm-hmm. it's the people that, like, mess with certain... Not mess. Uh, people that fuck... I'm like, if I see someone that I respect and I'm like, oh, they fuck with that show. Maybe I should watch it. Yeah. And then I find, like, five other people that I also, like, respect, that also fuck with that show. I'm like, well, that show's, like, a, a 100% watch for me, sort of thing. If those... If David Lynch, Stanley Kubrick all like this one film, I should probably watch that film, because it's going to have some sort of influence over their work. So it's like watching a... Uh, a bit of their influence. Mm-hmm. Of, what th- of what has influenced them to make what they made, sort of thing. So... But, like, what... No. What if I sh- if I what if I suggested something to you? You were like, "Well," and I tell you what it's about, and you're like, ah, "Don't re- that doesn't really sound like my cup of tea." And you don't watch it, and all of a sudden, David Lynch and Elon Musk are like massive fans of it. You'll be like, "Oh well, now I need to watch it." No, because mine, even though mine, I said it before. That he's like a nothing compared to these two. Nah, not so much. That, it could probably be like looked at like that. But what what I'd say to that is I... I've realised that over time I'm just interested in everything. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. And even though right now I'm in there's a set of things that I specifically uh, identify with like the dreamlike works of Mr. David Lynch and stuff like that I realise that in 10 years I'll still like have that knowledge of Lynch's stuff but I will have moved on and every single time someone introduces me to something new that's an opportunity for me to like move on like to find a new branch of what I'm doing because I'm slowly realising that, like, everything's connected. 
that's like a very general statement, but mm. it you can like connect yeah you can connect anything. So if you give me a show to watch these days, I can fit that into my narrative sort of thing. I can I'll do enough research I'll go and research into it and I'll be like, Oh, so that was it's not like I have some sort of like set agenda or narrative that I'm looking for in life either. It's just if someone's made something and it's like preaching a load of bad morals and it's like untrue, then I'll be like, this is shit and I don't want this in my soup. But overall, every, I don't think there's much content out there that's actually like that. So, tell you, school days. You know, I was literally just about to say that I've just downloaded <coughs> school days. Did so, you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, How I'm, many I'm episodes? 12, yeah? Uh, I just, it's a folder, so I'm not sure, but it it said the whole thing mm-hmm. started downloading it and I'm going to watch that and see what I think to the viewers out there if you if any anime fan viewers are listening and you not watched school days all I've got to say about it it's a it's an experience that I feel like every anime fan should at least go through once. At least once. Yeah, they're, they're not that many episodes. There's 12 episodes. And I think each episode is between 15 to 17 minutes. So they're not really a normal length episode either. So it's a, it's a quick three-hour maybe maybe four hour run at it um let ugh, obviously a quarter of a day that is um oh, not even a quarter of a day it's like an eighth of a day i'm looking forward to finding out where anime fit um anime where school days fits in to your soup well my soup and the the whole trajectory of anime mm-hmm I'm, it's taken me a while to get comfortable with anime as a, as a whole genre and I started off with like Studio Ghibli and the films like that as a lot of people do obviously there was like Pokemon in my life and Yu-Gi-Oh and Digimon and stuff like that when I was younger so I'm aware of the concept but the, it's, it's the actual culture around it and that I need to understand before. I can't just go blindly into some a Japanese television show without understanding some of the themes and some of the it's like watching a British television show if someone like I don't know if you take someone from Africa and make them watch an episode of Only Fools and Horses there's going to be a load of shit that they're not going to understand first episode of Only Fools and Horses you've got Grandad I don't, I don't know if you've ever watched Only Fools no. and Horses it's about three blokes in like 70s Britain that are just constantly trying to make a a, a pound you know they're, they're just trying to sell they'll have like a box of broken watches that fell off the back of a truck and they'll spend their day like trying to sell that at the market these like broken watches and they'll it's just full of like english slang and stuff like that and english they're talking about like uh going down to the pub and stuff like that and like stuff that is inherently british Mm -hmm. and anime has all this stuff in it that is is japanese Mm -hmm. I, I think, and a good example is the concept of a harem. Yeah, you know what? 
Well, I do now, but I didn't when I first started watching anime. And yeah, harem is like when a collection of women. Well, it's like a, there's a one male protagonist, and the rest are women. And that's his harem yeah, of harem. women. And there's the opposite as well, where it's a collection of it. A main protagonist is a woman, and the rest are men. Can't remember the name. It's incredibly. I find that really interesting, like learning about all that stuff, and obviously. It, gives you a better understanding of a show if you know that sort of stuff mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of different stuff like um, there's a lot of different like genres when it when it comes to like to when it comes to anime like so many different to like I feel like that's a lot more than if you were watching a if you were talking about like films in general there's mm -hmm. a lot more genres in anime than there is in like films in general well, I think, or even series in general I think the case goes for like it blows my mind every single country has its own culture and its own shows you know what I mean like mm -hmm. every single country has its own Japanese is obviously like Japan's massive for anime and we're America's kind of and England the western world we're known for more like dramas or sitcoms sort of thing Mm -hmm. But then every country's got its own thing going on. That yeah. becomes like incredibly exciting to yeah. me, sort of thing. As we've said before, and time is of the essence with our whole lives, and even ending this podcast like we tried to do 20 minutes ago. Yeah, that's, that's right, yeah, we tried to fucking finish but it 20 minutes ago, we just carried on. It, <laughs> I hope reincarnation's possible, Martin, purely so I get to experience everything, because... Yeah, but you'll experience it, and you might... I, you might experience it all over again, the same thing over and over again. Well, that would be a very sad existence, you know, an endless loop yeah. of doing the same shit over and over, but it, it, there's a lot of content out there. And in the spirit of what we've learned from Evangelion of being open and empathetic to everyone, I have an appetite to learn what's going on in this world, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I can't. I, some people might even call it sad that a television show has had this much effect on on me, sort of thing. But I, you can go and get this advice from a fucking shrink, or you can go. Your parents might tell you it, or you can watch Evangelion. It doesn't matter where I like got the end result from. As I want you got the end result. I want to get in my robot and interact with the world, and that is. If you feel like you can't get in your robot and interact with the world, then give Evangelion a watch. You might get something out of it. Fair enough, bro. Alright. Um, with that in mind, everyone check out Instagram, Twitter, MIP, Martin Diverge on Instagram, Jack Emil Oland, MIP on Instagram. We're filming this month for our third short film called Waking Up, which will be the final instalment in a trilogy I am calling Living the Dream. We will have more podcasts coming. We're looking at merchandise. We're looking at T-shirts. We're looking at hats. I mean, if you've got a hat design, Martin, I'd love to see it. You can show me it after this. But until next time, guys... Thank you. Don't forget, much. don't forget to check out our website, mipltd.org. Uh, it's got 
everything that we're doing in it. If you um, wanted to check that out, that'd be cool too. Neon Genesis. Evangelion. What's it called? What? What's the podcast called? 